It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from John McAnally. He says, how many run plays will we see in the preseason opener before let Zach Cook starts to trend on Twitter? I'd say two plays probably. Yeah, I'll say negative five plays. (laughs) I say that it's trending before the game even starts, uh, probably all week leading up to the game. Next question comes in from Jets and Golf Bets, a.k.a. Busy. He says, ever heard of a Casey's breakfast pizza available in Iowa and surrounding Midwest states? The image below says sausage, but bacon version is my favorite. Also, who is the Jets MVP at the end of the season, not counting Wilson? How confident should we be that Mike LaFleur will actually be a good offensive coordinator? So the first thing is I'm going to read to you what he posted as far as what this Midwestern breakfast pizza is. I've heard stories about it, but never experienced it. It says, most famous Midwestern breakfast pizza was born from a chain of convenience stores in Iowa called Casey's General Store. Casey's locations make and sell breakfast pizzas all day long. Standard pizza dough topped with their signature cheese sauce, sausage, scrambled eggs, and cheese. I've never had that. I probably never will, only because... Chris, you said this before we started recording. When I'm in the mood for breakfast, just give me the breakfast food. I don't need it on pizza. When I'm looking for pizza, it's a different time of day. Breakfast food is so good on its own that I don't need it in a pizza. Maybe I'll try it at some point, but it just doesn't really appeal to me. Who will the Jets MVP be at the end of the season, excluding Zach Wilson? I'm going to say Quinn and Williams. How confident should we be that Mike LaFleur will actually be a good offensive coordinator? I'd say my confidence level is somewhere in the six to eight range, higher than average. We don't know for sure, but he's got a nice pedigree. He learned around the right people. You hear good things. So I'm reasonably confident. I'm not lock, stock, and barrel. There's no way this guy isn't going to be good, but I'm more confident than average. Yeah, with the breakfast pizza, I always... The only time I, I haven't I, – I know that there's that one uh, that is famous, but I've seen it on, like, a menu in a diner and stuff. But the only time I ever see it, uh, it's usually breakfast time and I'm, or maybe a brunch. But I'm thinking breakfast food, and I'm like, <laughs> breakfast pizza? And, like, I don't, I, I don't like to mess around with breakfast. I, I'm not trying to take my chances. I know what I like. I got a, a bunch of things I like, and I'm going to go get one of those. That I, that I know I like. 
Um, so, so I haven't ever tried a breakfast pizza yet, although I have been tempted. But again, I'm just going to go with my steady, reliable uh, French toast or eggs over with toast or something like that. Um, <clears throat> as far as uh, the floor, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident as I can be and somebody that has never called plays before. <laughs> so, so that, like you said, that I'm certainly not sitting here saying, oh, he's guaranteed to be a great coordinator. It could go wrong, but he comes from Shanahan. He's, he's learned there. His, his brother's gone on to run a, a company, good offense. And it's not just Aaron Rodgers, the things that he's doing is that that system is just so good. And I like at creating matchups and the running game. <clears throat> I just, I, for somebody that's n- never called plays, I'm as confident as I can be. And that, like you said, you know, six to eight range, sure. That sounds about right because, of course, he's never called plays. So I can only be so confident at the same time. And I, I did a little out of order here, but uh, <clears throat> with the, man, team MVP, I'm going to – I. I Quentin Williams it would would be my answer. I could go with Carl Austin or I, I want to go offense, but I don't know that I can really look at anybody on the offense uh, and say that, uh, especially if you're excluding Zach Wilson. Best case scenario, of course, that would be the case. Uh, I'll go ahead and say Marcus May. Uh, and just uh, Quentin Williams is the better answer, but I want to give a slightly different answer, so I'll say Marcus May again. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Tyler Sloboda. He says, do you think the 2015 Jets team could have made a serious run if somebody other than Fitzmagic was quarterback, still hurt over that gut-wrenching loss to the Bills in Week 17? Well, it depends who the other quarterback is. If we're talking about a worse quarterback, then probably not. If you're talking about a really good quarterback, then yeah, I think they could have made a decent run. They had a really good team that year. The defense was pretty solid, even though Revis faded toward the end. They had one of the best passing attacks they'd had in many years. And they had Chris Ivory, who was a 1,000-yard rusher. The offensive line was still pretty good. So, yeah, I think they could have done something. Depends who the quarterback was. Let's say Matthew Stafford was the quarterback. Could the Jets have made a run through the playoffs? I think so. If it had been Phillip Rivers or somebody like that, sure. If it had been an average or above-average starter, even if we take a guy like Kirk Cousins and put him on that team, Kirk Cousins, the one that we know now, not rookie Kirk Cousins or anything like that, maybe so, yeah, I think they could have made a run with a better quarterback. I don't know that they would have necessarily won a Super Bowl unless they had an elite quarterback, but I think they probably would have gone to the playoffs, and they might have won a playoff game. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it depends on who the quarterback is. If Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, <laughs> then yeah. <laughs> then making a deep run into the playoffs, for sure. Um, if If you're just talking about, like, you know, an average quarterback that's without – as much of a roller coaster as Fitzpatrick, you know, more of an Alex Smith type. The and it, the thing that's tricky about that is they did win games because Fitzpatrick played out of his mind. They 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 won some games that way, and then they also lost some games because he went Fitzpat Fitz tragic. 
that is the beauty of Ryan Fitzpatrick. <clears throat> so most likely it balances itself out. If you get a Kirk Cousins or now Smith type, <clears throat> it balances itself out. And there be some games that he went Fitzpatrick and that they probably would have been able to win with the Kirk Cousins. But then there's other games where that Kirk Cousins might not have been good enough to win it. So I think it probably balances it out. But unless we're talking an Aaron Rodgers as the other guy, it it wouldn't have been enough for them to win the Super Bowl. So we're talking about getting to play like one more week. I I think it, it's been long enough. I, I think you should let that go. Uh, let that hurt go. Next question comes in from the Jet Ranger. He says, what do you think the best training camp battles will be and who will win them? Also, what do you think Joe Douglas can do to further solidify the roster with remaining free agents? First part of this, top training camp battles. The obvious ones, Will Linebacker. There's nobody there that's a locked-in starter, so I'm curious to see how that plays out. The second cornerback spot, we assume Bryce Hall will be locked in at one of those spots. What happens at the other one? And that plays into the second part of your question. What can they do with the remaining free agency? I would say that Steven Nelson would make a ton of sense there because he would really help that cornerback group. And then the other one, right guard, I think it's probably going to come down to Cam Clark and Greg Van Roten, who I would assume they keep now that they didn't add more in the draft. And that's more or less what I would say as far as the most interesting training camp battles. We could get into Elijah Moore and Jamison Crowder, but if Crowder stays, I think they're going to try to find a way for all those guys to play. So the three most interesting to me are Will Linebacker, the second cornerback, and right guard. Yeah, and just real quick on the Crowder-Elijah Moore thing, I don't think it's, like, impossible to have them all on the roster. Like, you can use both of them. Jamison Crowder is just is more of a pure slot, and Elijah Moore is, like, a slot plus. Like, he's not just a slot. He can do more things um, – than than Jamison Crowder can he can be used in different ways so I don't think it's just like this uh oh they if Elijah Moore is ready that you have to get rid of Jamison Crowder uh right guard obviously um again there's Greg Van Roten, Cam Clark and uh oh like that there's not a lot there um it's it's not going to be a fun competition to watch but it's obviously going to be a competition we're going to uh look at and pay close attention to um, I'll go all cornerback spots too, because even Bryce Hall, like we're penciling in, him in there and we're saying he should be penciled in there, but it's really just because what else are we going to do? That's the one person that we can really feel that had some type of comfort in, but all the cornerback spots, the will linebacker spot. Um, and then I'll throw this one in there too. Uh, a, a sneaky underdog is the tight end spot. Uh, Kenny Alboy, what, what's he going to look like? What's Chris Herndon going to look like? Um, I think we all expecting that Chris Herndon will uh, win the job and get it. And you hope that he takes that step this year and really improves. But if he doesn't, if he struggles like he did last year, if there's something there. Um, maybe Kenny Alboy, the undrafted free agent. I know very small uh, percentage for you, but here's somebody he's a willing blocker, he's capable blocker, not the best. But again, come into league as a willing blocker, you can develop into an actual blocker. He's not uh, the most explosive receiver, but he can receive. So maybe there's a sneaky little underdog battle there. 
Um, but yeah, I think there, there's only a handful of positions that we're really focused on battle wise, but you know, again, cornerback spot, all of them. So next question comes in from Damian Shaw. He says, with the way the team looks right now, do you see the Jets finishing ahead of anybody in the AFC East and who would they finish ahead of? Probably not. I think they still have the weakest roster of the four teams in the division. The Patriots added some nice pieces, and obviously they have the best coaching staff by a country mile. I expect the Jets to finish last, but I think the entire division is going to be very improved this year. I'm not going to make a prediction on the record just yet because I like to see how they look in training camp before I start to gauge where they're going to be. Chris has always been very good at reporting accurately at how the team looks in camp and giving us an idea of how good or bad they're going to be. If you remember last year, some people were overly optimistic and Chris was coming on here every single day during training camp and saying, this team's terrible. They're not going to score any points. I don't know how they're going to win more than three or four games. And in fact, they didn't win more than three or four games. They won less than three or four games. I was overly optimistic. I said five and people got mad at me and said, how could you only say five? So I'm not going to make any official predictions yet. But as of this moment, if you're asking me, I would say the odds are that the Jets will be improved. They'll be a lot more fun to watch, but I still think they probably finish fourth in a much improved AFC East. Yeah, I'd, I'd say they're still comfortably fourth as well. I think maybe, you know, a Tua doesn't play uh, any better than he did last year or he gets hurt and Kobe Brissett has to come in. Maybe the Dolphins tumble a bit. but I uh, And so maybe there's a chance there. Um, we'll have to see exactly. I love so much of what the Patriots did to improve. And even just getting the players back who took off COVID is going to help that defense out a lot next year. And the defense was still pretty good last year, even without those guys. So the Patriots is going to be uh, better for sure, but they, you know, Cam, Cam, how healthy is he going to be? Mac Jones is I, I'm counting on Mac Jones to start off right away. I don't know about that. So there's a small chance that if things go really wrong with the Patriots and or the Dolphins that and everything goes great for the Jets, they could do it. But I, if I'm putting my money I'm somewhere, it's on the Jets being in fourth place for this year. Uh, again, that's something I want to get through everybody's head right now is this year, don't worry about wins and losses worry about especially worry about the offense and make and seeing signs that they got the right quarterback uh they're going to build this roster up over these next couple years and they've done a great job between this offseason and the draft of getting some building blocks uh, in place and then the all the draft picks they'll have next year that's when you can start really assessing and expecting things from them Uh, but also again this division is really tough. This is going to be one of the toughest divisions in the league. So being in fourth place in this division will will be diff- will feel way different than it has in the last couple of years. So you got to temper your expectations. Just focus on the offense and the fun of it and enjoy watching it grow because after down the road is when you really going to start looking and having high expectations for wins and all that stuff. Next question comes in from Ken Mastro. He says, what is going on with LaMichael P. Ryan? Is he going to end up being one and done? 
I don't know what's going to happen with low ankle P. Ryan, honestly. Everybody was screaming for him to get more touches last year, and then when he did, he wasn't good. And I didn't like the pick in the first place because he's just such a jag. I hate to say that, but he's just a very ordinary player. He doesn't do anything particularly well. He's not terrible at anything, but he's just sort of a poor man's Bilal Powell from what I can gather. They've got Adams. They've got Ty Johnson. They signed Tevin Coleman. They just drafted Michael Carter. I don't know if P. Ryan is going to get cut now, but I don't know how long of a future he's got with this team. If he really wants a shot here, he's going to have to stand out in training camp. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the the best chance that P. Ryan has of making this roster is uh, injuries to somebody else. Um, if, if uh, you know, Tevin Cam- Campbell, they, they'd, ra- they'd rather have him. They'd rather, obviously, they'd have to draft Michael Carter uh, Ty Johnson I, will get not over him. And then Josh Adams brings something that uh, P. Ryan doesn't and the other three guys don't uh, either. So I think P. Ryan is right now comfortably at the fifth guy in that uh, list. Now, if one of them gets hurt in training camp, um, then absolutely. I can see P. Ryan making the, making it. Uh, and then, you know, if the guy comes back, maybe they release him later. But I so I'm not ready to say that P. Ryan isn't going to make the opening day uh, roster because the likelihood of one of those guys getting hurt even just for a week or two is is pretty high. Um, so I'm, I'm going to leave the possibility that he makes the roster, but I would be I'd be shocked if he ends the season still on the team. That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Make sure that you're following Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider and reading his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. And check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com. Luke Grant's got an over-under betting guide if you want to get in on the action early and start betting on some of these teams over-under win totals for the 2021 season. And speaking of Luke, he's doing some great work on our YouTube channel right now. Film breakdowns of Elijah Moore, Zach Wilson. He's got one of Michael Carter as well and so much more. Plus, Kayla Pace's commentaries, Pace's playbook. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.